Blog Talk Radio. Commission T has on the plate. 
and that is to talk about the one and only Cowboys and what's going on with them. So without further ado, Commish T, I know you've been chomping at the bit for this one. I'm just going to say the floor is yours. Well, you know, here, here's, here, here's my problem. They're two and two. So the pictures. It, it's like doom and gloom because last year they didn't lose their second game until like December. And people feel like, uh-oh, they're in trouble. They've been figured out. Hold up. Slow your motherfucking roll for a second here. Okay? Let me just tell you something. See, the ridiculousness of the NFL is that the teams change from season to season. This is not the same team as last year, period. On offense, two offensive linemen are no longer there. Doug Free, retired. Ron Leary went to Denver, okay? So of that massive offensive line, there's two people missing. I'm not making excuses. I'm just stating to be fair when you judge a team. Dak has a sophomore slump. Um, no. That does, that does not have a sophomore slump. Dak doesn't have the same team that he had a year ago. Zeke is clearly not himself. Part of it is the offensive line. Part of it is Zeke. Okay? And then let, let's talk about defense. Because let me tell you something. When you score 30 points, when you have almost 500 yards of total offense, 189 yards rushing, when you hold the other team to two touchdowns while you score four, in most scenarios, you win that game. Now, the problem is the defense. We didn't have Sean Lee. Sean Lee is a beast. If you don't think he's every bit as good as, as Luke Kukli uh, or, or Khalil Mack or some of these guys, then you need to watch the game. He is every, every yep. bit as good as these other linebackers. He wasn't in the game. Yep. We have patchworks the defensive line based on suspensions and injuries. The secondary is totally revamped. I'm not making excuses. What I'm saying is this is not the same team. So to expect the same result is not realistic. Now, am I going to let them off the hook? Hell no. Am I a little bit aggravated? Yeah, but let me tell you why. I'm not mad that they lost. I know why they lost. And I only heard one person in all the sports talk radio I listened to, one person touched on this. Nobody else did. The reason that they lost was because the rookie didn't fair catch. That's where the game went south, and Dallas never recovered. <clears throat> Think about it. If Switzer fair catches, it's 17-6, to six, Dallas. Up to that point, they had not been able to stop Dallas. So it's safe to assume that it goes to 20-6 to six or even 24-6. to six. It's a different game. Fumbles, you give them a short field. Now it's now it's um, seventeen to instead of seventeen six, it's seventeen thirteen. Now Dallas did come back and score, but so did um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on. Told you I'm sick, man. Who the hell did they just play? Come <laughs> on, the Rams. Thank you. John, 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 John <laughs> um, You know, it, it became 24-16 at the half. And it, the whole momentum had switched. Everything was different. And then Wade Phillips, who coached in Dallas, knows Jason Garrett very well, 
made the better adjustment. So I'm not making excuses, but I get really sick of people saying, you know, after four games, you know, if you're two and two, you're all done. Dallas is done, this, that, and the other. If you're two and two, three and one, or four and oh, you're still sitting three. One and three and on four, you might have some challenges. I'm still not going to count you out. But at two and two in that division, only one game behind the Eagles, no losses in the division just yet. They're okay. People coming back, getting healthy, they're going to be okay. So stop the rush to judgment. Slow the hell down. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is this. Um, I have been a Jason Garrett apologist and defender, coach of the year last year, and rightfully so. Um, You got to step up, bro. You you got to step up. Plain and simple, because you were outcoached in that second half. Completely, thoroughly outcoached. And I put that one on you. So, Jay, what you got? Well, before I go into um, what I got to say, I want to also introduce, we've got a full house now. Glad to hear it. We've got K-Star, the man with the hands that can whoop ass daily on the Madden game itself. We've got Dr. Train, West Side calling in. So, gentlemen, your boys are under the weather, but nevertheless, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Um, well, we're glad to have you. We are going to be hitting quick, hitting hard, and uh, you jumped into the deep end of the pool, so I hope you got your life best ready if you don't know how to swim, because we're going to be getting it in like swim. So, I'm more than ready, man. It's biscuit time, bro. It is biscuit time. Just need y'all to know that. This is the show for biscuit time. Well, we're going to get into that, so keep your Trubisky hat tucked into your your pocket there, but we can bust that out in a minute, but... I want to get your take. I'm gonna. I was gonna go in, but you know what? Since since you seem pretty warm, pretty ripe, like a Chiquita banana, let's go with you. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys and their two and two record, and any comments that you have for Commissioner Pete? Because I know you you heard quite a bit of what he had to say. Any other comments that you want to piggyback off? Man, I don't. So I just heard one one of these comments where. Uh, where people were saying at two and two Dallas is is done. That's that's rather that's rather comical. Okay, um, season kind of just started. We only finished the first quarter. Uh, Dallas is still a strong team. I mean, to me, the only real uh, challenge for Dallas is is if something happens with Ezekiel Elliott and his whole case. That would hurt Dallas more than anything. They are still a playoff team. They are still a strong team to beat. And like we discussed the week before, sometimes, man, it's it's about matchups. I did notice in that game when they lost, uh, was it Skandrick they lost on defense? Yep. Yeah. When when you guys lost Skandrick on defense, uh, that's when the Rams started to uh, – it, it, that's when they started to generate more generate more offense. So it's like when you suffer certain injuries, man, it's it's a little tougher for for a team to 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 recover and battle back. But like I said, it, that's not to make any excuses. But that dude is very significant to to Dallas defense. Right, and and Kendrick was hurt, and I think Sean Lee was out with a hamstring too. And, and that's when your quarterback of your defense. So when you don't have a Sean Lee. A, a, Pro Bowl caliber player playing in your 
Houston as your middle linebacker, going to be some problems. And, and the other thing that I want to mention, too, is I don't think we've ever seen, or it, it comes rarely, you see a quicker go seven for seven for field goals. Uh, that's almost unheard of. You have someone kicking seven field goals, having to make all seven of them just to squeak out a five-point victory. You know, I don't think anyone by any stretch of imagination can throw the towel in with the Cowboys, and this is not the Cowboy hat being put on the head. It's just facts. You're in a weak division. You still have the, the reigning uh, offensive player of the year. you got Zika Elliott. you got a defense that you know, is suspect, but they can play when, when the time comes. So uh, to say that they're done, they're washed up, would be ridiculous. Um, it's just a matter of, to your point, yeah, it's, it's about matchups. Sometimes it's just a ball bouncing the right way for you. And the game where they got blown out, the Broncos, they just, they just didn't show up. The other three games, they, they were there, just different parts of the team didn't show up at appropriate times. That's why you're looking at a 2-2 two and two record instead of a 3-1 and one record. So I see that we have Mr. K-Star. K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice, and feel free to jump in on this topic right now. K-Star. Got us on mute. No, he's he's good. If he's on mute, then he needs to unmute, but he's good on my side. So if he can hear me, start talking. If not, we're going to keep on rolling. T, is there anything else that you wanted to add in about the boys? No, I I think that, um, again, it's too early. You know, any team that's 2-2, 3-1, 4-0, obviously there's only one 4-0 team, but any any team that's at least 2-2 right now is still in the thick of it. It's early. You know, and, and people, they, they're reactionary, knee-jerk. You know, one week, oh, my God, they're the best team in the world. Next week, oh, my God, they suck. And it just, it, it irks me. It's not just the Cowboys. It's just, it's, it's, it's the way they view the league. And it's just week to week, you know. You start hearing it after four games, um, are the Chiefs, you know, are the Chiefs the favorite to go to the Super Bowl? We've only played 25% of the season. Granted. They're they're four and zero and they're starting off good, but it was a few years ago that they started off what nine and zero, ten and zero, eleven. Yep. Did they make nine it, and zero. Did they make it to? The, yep. Did they make right. it to the Super Bowl? No. You know, so I mean, all of this, you know, we we need a sample size to start projecting long term success. And four games, twenty five percent of the season, just isn't it? Now the only thing you might be able to say is the Giants are in trouble. Okay. I'm okay with that. They're 0-4. But beyond that, and even the Giants are the only team that actually started off the season 0-4 and went all the way and won the Super Bowl. So you almost can't even do that. So I just am anti-reactionary. I'm anti, you know, the guy in Kansas City, Hunt, having a good season. Now all of a sudden, he's a top this running back. He's played four fucking games. He's not a top anything yet. Okay, it's not a big enough sample size. He's playing well, but that's it. Deshaun Watson is better than than Dak Prescott. Okay, Dak's got a full year under his belt. This guy's got four games, not even four. What, two? Three and a half. I mean, there you go. So, I mean, that's my issue with all of this is the reactionary nature of the media. Excuse me. The reactionary nature of the fans ready to just put a fork in them, they're done, or ready to crown them, you know. And, and 
let's get some more games. Let's get let's let's start seeing what's going on. Dallas is a huge game against uh, Green Bay. Now, mark my words. If Dallas beats Green Bay, watch. Is Dallas the favorite to win the NFC now? I promise you, that is the Monday morning question. Are the Cowboys now the favorite to win the NFC if they beat Green Bay next Sunday? It's five games, guys. It's five. You know, slow down. Let's at least get to midseason. Let's at least get to seven, eight, nine games. And then we can start to see the cream rise, you know, to the top. This is where I wish I had that button for Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax. I mean, you could basically say that about just about every team out there right now, Um, maybe with the exception of one or two, but even still, you can say that for a whole bunch of folks out there. And the whole comment about Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson and and, – The Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Exactly. And that's the part I was waiting for. You want to crown them? Crown them. Go right ahead. Crown their ass. Not yet, though. Too much football left to be played. Let's take it for what it's worth. I mean, we always talk about how fast the season goes by. We always talk about there's only 16 weeks in a season. We look at tremendous running back play from the Vikings, Alvin Cook. He's out now for the season. We talk about uh, that dude up in Seattle, Carson. He is basically out for the season. Too much football left to be played to break out the anointing oil to make predictions based upon four games. Even 16 games isn't a large enough sample, but unfortunately that's the length of the season, so that's all you have. A lot of games left to be played, so let's let's see how everything shakes out. Because with that being said, T, you have mentioned Watson being a better quarterback than, than that press guy. Let me ask everybody, what, what is up with Watson? Is, is he is he big time now? Is he the, the, the real deal? Is it should be – should it be the Browns and the Niners and the Bears being mad at themselves for not selecting Deshaun Watson? I mean, he is an accomplished uh, college quarterback, but is he the real deal? I mean, let me start off with uh, with Dr. Train on this one. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, Cam Newton? No, no, we're talking about Boy. Deshaun Watson. No, no, that, that that is my answer, Cam Newton, which means, for example, <laughs> He came out his first year, broke all kind of rookie records. Now his team didn't do so well. That was there was they they were still subject uh, in some some areas of the, of, the, of the ball. But Cam Newton played really well his first year. He came out his second year, didn't look so well. Came out the third year, they go fifteen and one. <laughs> I'm just saying the dude looks good now, but it, he just it he just hadn't played a whole lot of football. One thing yeah, you, you got to get through that. You got to get through that first year, okay? Then when teams get tape on you and you're still able to perform at that level, then you're there. You know what I'm saying? It's no different than what we saw from Dak. Dak came out, we saw him preseason. Man, this dude had poise, but everybody was ready to see Romo take over. Romo gets injured. Dak comes in. Dallas is winning ball games. Now there's a year of seeing Dak. 
and Dak go to the next level. As far as what I've seen thus far, Dak's good. He's solid. Sean Watson, man, keep balling. But, you know, once they get tape on you and we see you the next year, are you still the same dude? Figured you. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And, and I think another thing, too, with it is that you have to take a look at not just the quarterback himself, but you have to take a look at the quarterback and the system that he's in, the weapons around him, the offensive line, how well he's protected. So there's a lot of different pieces involved. Instead of just looking at that one quarterback position, you need to look at all facets of it. Indirectly, you need to even look well, at the defense, too, because if you've got a good defense, well, let, that can help that well, offense. That's Let me say this. You make good points, but at the same time, Tom Savage was in the same situation. So in this Agreed. particular case, with this particular example, the difference is definitely the player at the QB position. Tom, Havis, Tom Savage, same receivers, same defense, same offensive line, same running back, same target. And he played like he didn't know what he was doing. I'll 80% agree with you. The one caveat I'll throw in there is, is Savage didn't have Will Fuller. And Will Fuller can play. And he can he can take the top off of a defense. He had a couple of touchdowns yeah. and helped boost up some of the Sean Watson numbers. And I'm not saying he's the, the end-all, be-all, and that's a huge difference between the two, but those are those who will need less. So yeah. what I would say is I, I, do I think he's the real deal? Let's let's wait. Let's wait and see. I, I definitely agree with you on that point. The one thing that, in my opinion, separates him from some of these other quarterbacks that have just come into the league, he seemed like a very accomplished quarterback. He played on the biggest stage two years straight going against Alabama, which a lot of people think is a, a, a mini NFL defense to begin with, and shredded them both times. And to do that to Nick Saban, that's an eye raiser, or eyebrow raiser, a huge eye opener. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he's setting the world on fire and, and he's the, the next heir apparent to take the throne. I'm, I'm basically saying what you're saying, let's wait and see, but he definitely seems intriguing right about now. Commish T, I see you're back. What are your thoughts on Mr. Deshaun Watson? Is he the real deal? Should the, the Niners and the Bears and, and, and teams that didn't select Deshaun Watson, should they be – Manage themselves, or is it going to be a wait and see, as uh, Dr. Trey and I basically stated? I mean, it's wait and see. I don't even know that you're mad at yourself because because he goes over there in that system and has some success doesn't mean he would have had a success with these other teams. Um, and right. you know, and, and I think what we've seen is you know, let's be let's be honest. Who is he beating out? You know, he's beating out Tom Savage. You know, I mean, he, he's beating – he's not – it's not like he's going, you know, to a team with an established – you know, it's not like when Russell Wilson came out of nowhere and we all felt like Matt Flynn should have been the guy, all the money they paid him and all of that, and then, next, you know, Russell Wilson's the starter. And we're like, huh? <clears throat> this isn't that at all. I mean, this guy was drafted high. Um, he's got a lot of skills. And they said, okay, let's give him a, let's give him a shot. Um, so he's their best option, hands down. That's as far as I'll go right now. He's their best option, clearly. Let's, let's see how the next several games um, shape up. It goes back to what I said earlier. You know, it, it, people are too quick to, you know, I, I, always, I always think of, um, you know, our, our friend K-Star and, and Cam Newton, and he's going to the Hall of Fame, right? You know, people are so quick. He's top five. 
He's top ten. He's this, he's that. He played three games. He's not top anything yet. He played three games, and he's playing well. That's it. Let's talk to me in November and December when the money's on the line. Talk to me at the end of the season when the games really matter. And did he win enough games during the season that put them in position to be con- competitive down the stretch, possibly get him into the playoffs? See, I can say that about Dak because he did that last year. So he took the Cowboys to a number one seed, one eleven straight. So now I can say that's the real deal. Why? Because of what he accomplished. Let's see what Deshaun Watson um, can do. And, you know, five, six, seven, eight games from now, yeah, we might be like, damn. But it's still too early. Well, you know, it's funny that you made that comparison of Matt Flynn and, and Russell Wilson. Makes me think a lot about Mike Lennon and his $18.5 million guaranteed three-year, $45 million contract. And now we're at uh, basically what was going to amount to game number five, and Trubisky is now named the starter. So, Dr. Train, these are your bears. This is, this is really for you. I want you to grab the ones and twos and speak on this because if anyone's going to have the knowledge on it, it's probably going to be you. So what are your thoughts on Trubisky being the starter now opposed to having uh, Glennon in there for the first four games? Do you think he should have been in there from the start? Or do you think this is a good move, or should he sit on the bench and wait a little longer? Um. Man, first let me say I'm not going to be mad at Chicago for going out and paying Mike Lennon $18.5 million to make sure he came to Chicago to be their bridge for uh, Mr. Bisky. GMs make mistakes. Okay, They anticipate players to uh, play better than than what they actually do. And when they don't, the, the biggest mistake is to continue to act like nothing's wrong. The biggest mistake would be to continue to leave him in there knowing that he's a freaking turnover machine, knowing that he has a slow release, knowing that he stares down his target, knowing that he has zero mobility, knowing that he's throwing, that he's inaccurate and throwing behind his receivers and just standing in the pocket like a tall-ass tree getting ready to knock, getting ready to get knocked down. That would be the biggest mistake. Hey, hey Trey, I think, I think yep. you're being too general. I don't think you're being specific enough. I'm not really sure where you stand uh, on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, uh, I can dig deeper. I'm gonna try. <laughs> nah, I'm just I'm Listen, messing man. with you. you. Good one. I, if you ask me from the jump, even though this is why I give you. You mentioned the the the, the, the Pete Carroll move, the Russell Wilson, Matt Flynn move. I have so much respect for that move because he took he took the, the financial blinders off and he was like best player on the field. Now, the only thing I can think of the reason why Chicago would not well it would be only be two reasons. One, you told this guy he was gonna be the starter and it, with along with paying him eighteen eighteen and a half million. And because we're not privy to seeing all the practices, there's something that showed you in practice that Glennon had this, even though the preseason game said this dude looks suspect. And on the flip side, it said Trubisky looks like he might be ready for this stage, even though he's going to take his lumps. And as a fan, when you see Deshaun Watson, yeah, I'm not 
finna make Deshaun Watson top anything except the top performing rookie quarterback at the present moment because that's exactly what he's doing. So when you see a quarterback that you could have taken, okay, but you don't know how he would have did in Chicago, but you see him performing. You see him making a difference on his team. And you got ours stuff, you know, on the roster, you know, second string, like and you're afraid to put him out there like he's made of glass. Like this dude demonstrated some of the same, I'm going to say the, the key word, poise, that Prescott demonstrated in preseason. And Mike Glennon demonstrated none of that. Not anything that had anything to do with poise in preseason. So, yeah, we probably, you know, one or two games too long and, and, and pushed them in. But what can you say? When you get a, when you get a win over the Steelers, it, it kind of gives you gives you a little bit of hope that maybe, okay, maybe, maybe Glennon can fix it. But they just needed a stamp of approval that Glennon, Glennon wasn't ready. Oh, Meep made it a damn competition from the time you drafted Hmm. There was nothing that Glenn showed you in in the first in the first five years that said he could come in and lead a team. Okay, he didn't have he didn't even have one full season under his belt. Kaepernick had one full season under his belt. If you brought Kaepernick in and said he was a starter in Bridge, I'd have been fine with that. At least I seen what he could do. I seen that thing, Glenn. Other than what you put in the papers and say, yeah, he he takes care of the ball. You know, he's tall, he can see the field, he, you know, got a strong arms, pretty accurate. All that was a lie. <laughs> lie, lie, <laughs> lie. <laughs> Somebody forgot to scout this dude. Somebody watched the wrong tape. Because that was all a lie. This is it's all it's worse than having Jay Cutler. And understand what I see when I understand and here's what I mean when I say worse. Jay Culler played poorly, but we know Jay Culler didn't give a shit. Like, he didn't care. And and then it would be some, even in the games he played poorly, he still make you feel like he gave you hope because you knew you could come out there and do it. Mike Lennon actually cared, but that was his best. Like, that was his potential. <laughs> that's all yeah, he that's had. That's the ceiling. Yeah, that's the ceiling. <laughs> it's like, well, oh, my God. Do you think yeah, man. this so, change? Yeah. You, so let me ask you this, and, and, and I think we're going to bring K-Star in in just a second. Uh, let me ask you this question real quick before I do that. Do you think this is more about the lack of play from Glennon and what folks saw from Trubisky, or is it the success that we've seen so far in a limited amount of time from Deshaun Watson or a combination of both? Which, What do you think? I think this all has to do with Mike Glennon's play. Had this dude played well, I think this is purely all on Mike Glennon. Forget what you've seen from Deshaun Watson. Forget what you've seen from Trubisky in preseason. This is the fact that Glennon has played horribly. I'm trying to be disrespectful and not say suck, but that's pretty much what it boils down to. Like, I'm sitting here watching these games, standing how come you are the tallest dude on the field, no one can block your vision, so you have at least eye line of sight to every single person you can throw the ball to, yet you throw behind receivers, you stare down targets, and I swear his progression through receivers 
It's slower than molasses dripping down the side of a tree. Like paint dries faster than his progression to go through receivers. You have got to be kidding me. And through five years in the league, through being, through running scout teams and practice squad, you haven't developed any of that? Oh, man. He will. He, I, I, he, he probably will not be on Chicago's roster come next season. They will definitely be looking right. for somebody else to back up Mr. Trubisky because I'd be damned if you're going to have this dude sitting on the bench and you don't really owe him any more. All the guaranteed money he's getting this year. That's the reason why he should be on the team. Dude, you don't suffice. Against our biggest rival, you pretty much embarrassed us. It's one thing to lose against Green Bay. God damn it, we can, we can deal with that. But to just get flat out embarrassed, like you're not even competitive. Like, why did you even show up? Like, you really drove drove to Wisconsin for this? Y'all might as well have to stay home and forfeit. 21 nothing before we can even get our popcorn ready. No, bro. This is all Glennon. All Glennon. Had he been playing half as, as better than what it is now, he, he'd probably still be in there because we look competitive. We don't look competitive with him at the quarterback position. During, during this whole segment train, I was hoping that you would find a way to tell me how you really feel. I'm still waiting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. But it, it, it's funny, too, because I, in some ways I feel bad for Glennon because when he was at Tampa Bay, he played a little bit, and next thing you know, Jameis Winston came in and knocked him out. He comes to Chicago saying he's going to be the, the mainstay, and next thing you know, draft day, they, they pick up Trubisky. So I kind of feel bad for him, but it, it, only a little bit because it's your play that speaks. And if you're not playing well, to your point, you're going to be sitting on the bench like everybody else. So. With that being said, K-Star, finally, welcome to the Madden Voice. I hope that is you. Oh, yeah, that's me. All right. Well, welcome. What's up, guys? And I know that you had some uh, probably a little bit of a phone difficulties because I saw you come up a couple times. But glad that you're here. You stepped in at the right time. Give us your take on Trubisky and him grabbing the reins as a starter. Um, I mean, <clears throat> Glenn is still playing pretty terrible pretty easy decision to make. The only thing I will say um, to Glennon's defense is look at his perimeter receivers. Um, it's about progressions. I mean, it's a lot harder to make progressions when you don't have receivers getting open. The guys that he is playing out there right now are are journeymen at best receivers. You have Kendall Wright. You have Jay Bellamy. You lost your starter for the season in um, uh, Kamek. Cameron Meredith, you don't have Alshon Jeffrey anymore. Now, who are the receivers that we have outside? I mean, Trubisky, obviously, is a better athlete. will probably be more successful. But, I mean, is he really going to be thrown into a successful situation? I don't know that he is. These weapons are weak. Dr. Crane, feel like you got a little bit something to say to that one. You're damn right I got a rebuttal to that. <laughs> Come on. Okay. That's let let's just let's just break down fundamentals real quick. Um so outside of uh Kendall Wright has been in the league, has he's had a thousand yard season. Marcus Wheaton, he's on your team. You know, he's been yeah, he'll pass. And, yeah, he sucks. And, and before <laughs> before he got injured before he got injured on your team, he's having a pretty good season. Nah man, he was not you know good what I'm, saying? On, I'm last, telling you. Last, last last I checked, 
He's had a pretty good season before he got injured, you know, because y'all had one dude that couldn't stay off their weed. Okay? But I'll put it to you this way, man. You make it sound like the receivers never get open, which means that you have not been watching the game other than the one that we whipped that ass in. He had 53 passing yards against us. Yeah, that's all that game. That means – but that means you haven't been watching the games like I've been watching the games. Dude, it's not like the receivers go out there – it's not like the receivers are going out there and running their route and they're being blanketed and they're being covered. It's not that, bro. The receivers are open sometimes. But when you got a quarterback who's slow on delivering the ball, hell yeah, it looks like they're not open running the right route. When you got a quarterback who just overthrows – uh, the point of contact for the receiver, yeah, it, it may maybe it does make the receiver look bad. So, train, I agree that it should be Trubisky to start. For the, just so so you're aware, I'm simply saying that. I mean, this guy Glennon. I mean, he's not. All, all I'm trying to say for for Glennon is I don't think he's as bad as we were seeing. I think that maybe if he actually had his complimentary receivers, he'd be a bit more successful. Um, okay. I want you to get T's password to this to this to this NFL season pass. I got it. I got it. I got and then it. I want I you to already. go back. I got it already. You got it. So, so I want you to go back, and I want you to watch the little quick thirty minutes of every Chicago game, and then come back and give me that assessment. Because when I watch Somebody, every game, it's not yeah. that the receivers are not able to just get open; like they're just locked down on every freaking play. This dude does not let go of the ball. Get through your progression. Just get through your progressions, dude, and you can find an open dude. Receiver with one step is open, bro, because he got to catch it with his hand. We don't even know if the receiver's catch because he don't want to throw the ball. He holds <laughs> on to the ball too damn long, man. He treats it like it's a damn blanket. And he's got to be you. Jay Bellamy and Kendall Wright, they're working. Yes, they're yes they are, because I've watched. I've actually watched his interceptions, bro. I'm taking your word for it. I'm taking your word for it. It's, just, it's hard I'm, for me to believe I'm just saying, I've watched his interceptions, and I've watched him overthrow wide-open receivers to throw the interception to the defender. And it's like, wow, dude, open, that was, that was a pocket. And you're the tallest dude on the field. Nothing is blocking your vision. <laughs> you don't even have a hand in the way. Like, they can barely block your ball, get up to knock your ball down because you're so fucking tall, so you have a very high release. Yeah. But you're not accurate. Get the ball down. I'm not saying our receivers are running circles around the DBs, but they damn sure ain't like they're not, like they're covered every fucking down. Let me ask one one question before we move on to uh, something I want to pick K-Star's brain about and, and, and T's brain about. If Trubisky goes in there and struggles, do you keep him in there for the rest of the season? Is this his team moving forward? No ifs, ands, or buts, or do you go back to Glennon? Well, it's like it's like painting your wall black, bro. You're stuck with it. it they, they can't go back. You can't, you can't even justify going back. All right. But just truth be told, I don't. I don't see him struggling like Mike Glennon. It's our it's move, it's our move to put him in. It's our move to put him in. So we all, we all agree that he needs to stay. T, are you agreeing too? It's his, it's his team. That's it. Once you make the switch, you you ride or die with him. It's over. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. 
I definitely agree. And I think the, the one thing I will say to Drabisky is learn to slide. He's a big dude. I think he's, what, 6'3", or 6'4", <laughs> 220, something like that. Learn to slide because if he's going to hey, go he showed that preseason, dog. He did. He did. But remember, preseason is one gear. Regular season is something different. No. So hopefully You're right. he's able to take what he's learned. If he can take what he's learned in the preseason and channel that and expand upon it in the regular season, see a lot of success for him. But, again, you go from preseason to regular season, that's a huge jump. And he needs to learn how to not jump but slide, get down, because when them folks come with a head of steam, that's it. You saw in the game last night when uh, Alex Smith was running right side, got caught with DJ Swearinger and ended up getting the uh, North Northern Lens uh, suplex there. Yeah, didn't feel too good, I'm quite yeah, sure. So, Trubisky, yeah, yeah, learn to slide, bro. Learn to slide. That's all I'm going to say. I'll, so, just, I'll just say this. This last statement on it, and this is the only reason, only reason I believe in the brother is just simply he has the poise to play the game. That's that's it. My, my whole premise is based on the fact that he looks calm back there. He doesn't look like a duck in the water. Or maybe and he does. We will certainly find out because he's going to be thrown right into the mix. Monday night, all eyes yes. on him against the Vikings. Fifty times. So that's, that's going to be worth watching. So speaking of folks that need to slide, don't always slide, end up running folks over and sometimes getting run over, uh, let's start with, with K-Star. I'm going to go with, with, with Miss T. Cam Newton, is he back or what's up? What's the deal with Cam? And let me say it right for you. Bam. Go ahead. <laughs> Talk to us, K-Star. What's your thoughts on K-Star? Oh, I thought you were asking That's T. I thought you were asking T. Yeah, no, no, no. We're going to go to T in a second, but this is this is your boy. We'll, we'll, we'll put T on the sidelines, but he's going to come in. He's going to tag team in in a second. This is your boy. So let us know what he your is. thoughts are. Is he back or is he uh, just showing flashes of himself? He's showing flashes. I mean, he had a great game. Don't get me wrong, but the last three games prior to that, he was pretty terrible. And I'm a huge Cam fan. It's great to see him get back on track. Um, but at this point in New England, their defense has been a problem for New England. You know, New England's defense has been bleeding out points to every opponent they've played. They've been and, and I don't know if you guys saw much of the game, but they actually had a lot of miscommunication in the secondary, led to a lot of busted plays. And that's why I'm not necessarily convinced that Cam is back. Um, I think it was definitely a, a step in the right direction. But I need to see a couple more games from him to build up that consistency. But it's definitely, definitely on the right track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, T, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with K-Star, or you think that he's still got a long ways to go? he got a long way to go. He had one good game. You know, last couple seasons he ain't done shit. So I'm not going to anoint him after one good game. You know, and K-Star said it right. The Patriots defense is suspect this year. Um, you know, you talk all that shit after about he had something to prove and on a mission, fuck you, dude. You know, you know, I don't want to hear it. You had a good game. Congratulations. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth and go play the next game. You know, it's, it's just typical Cam. When, when he stinks it up, you know, you don't want to be held accountable. He has one good game and he's, he's talking about, oh, you guys, you know, the media, and, you know, was, this was a statement game. Really? What about the rest of the season? What about last year? How many statement games did you have last year? 
So you need a statement game to play at MVP level? Is you supposed to be a franchise quarterback? Take it out of my face. Get out of my face. It was one good game. Congratulations. Want a cookie? Uh, and, and that's kind of my thought is we, we always talk about trends. One's an occurrence, happens twice, you start to see something three times, definitely makes it a trend. And I think we're all in agreement. The Patriots defense is nothing like what we thought it would be. They've given up the second most points only to Indiana so far in the first four games. And I don't know if it's games. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's uh, with Rob Nikovich. He's real underrated with him retiring. The folks can't seem to get it together. Whatever it is, the Patriots defense is, is lacking in a severe way. So to chalk it up and say Cam is back just because he's playing against what we all see and know is a subpar Patriots defense. I'm going to pump the brakes on that right now. Start to string together some games against defenses like the Rams or like the Texans or even a Giants defense, for crying out loud. You start to string some games of, of, of productivity against upper echelon types of defenses, now we've got something to talk about. But until then, I'm going to slow down and slow the egg roll on it. And, and T, you, you stole a little of my thunder. That's when we had talked about this well, about a month ago. We talked about Andrew Luck. We talked about Cam Newton. And I thought Cam would have the bigger bounce that year because I thought he would get it together. When I saw that rant that he had, oh, you guys didn't want to talk to me so before, now I'm doing good, you don't talk to me now. That was typical Cam that I really thought we weren't going to see. And when I saw that, that was disappointing to say the least, because you've had a year under your belt to get away from all that father again. These things that that maturity you expect to see, and to come out with that kind of statement, bro, you're still missing with that one. Train, what are your thoughts? Man, some of these young guys need mentors from time to time, man. I, I really don't disagree with anything UNT said, and uh, I don't think I, I wouldn't def, I wouldn't call him back on track at all. You know what I'm saying? It's all about matchups in this league. Uh, we'll see how much on track he is going up against a, a, a Detroit team that is playing good on both sides of the ball and that honestly lost a pretty close one to Atlanta, you know, due to a, a kind of a bungle was called by the by the ref. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, yeah. I I I basically agree with everything everything you you and he said, man. We'll we'll see what kind of can we have at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's kind of real agreement. And K Star, you're by yourself. So since you're late, blow it out your ass. Nah, so I just couldn't help myself. Couldn't help myself. But K Star, we still will come back to you. I want to talk a little bit about fantasy football. I want to talk a little bit about some of the comments from Richard Sherman. And I know that with fantasy football, that's something that we've obviously done quite well, had a lot of success. Hey, hey, hey JV. Uh, hey, JV. Yes, sir. JV, I think if you, if you don't mind, can we get K-Star's thoughts on Pittsburgh and the Antonio Brown outburst ah, and the talk of yeah. – and Roethlisberger declining before we yeah. get into fantasy you know, football. Thank you, my brother. I completely forgot about that. So before we got on the air and wanted to talk about that, didn't put it in my notes, and, and yes, you're correct. Yeah, that would be something more interesting to hear. So, K-Star, that's your team, the Steelers. What's up with Antonio Brown? What's up with Ben Roethlisberger and, and his thoughts on Antonio Brown? That's your team. Take it away. Yeah. 
Hey, but I'm sorry. Before he answers that, can y'all explain that situation? Because I think I missed something in 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 the media with that. What did something happen that I missed with Antonio Brown? Because it had to. Yeah, I'm gonna let K Star tell the whole thing because I know he knows it in and out, upside down and backwards. So K Star, if you want to help enlighten Dr. Train and then give us your thoughts on it, that'd be great. Yeah. So Sunday, in a winning effort. Um, where the Steelers beat down the Ravens. Antonio Brown had a little a little tiff where he got mad that Big Ben didn't throw him a pass, I believe, on third down when he was pretty wide open that would have gone for six. He, like, flipped over a Gatorade uh, uh, jug and um, basically after the game on Instagram said to his kid, they got to start throwing Daddy the ball more. And <clears throat> at the time when he did that, when he had so many outbursts, it was a close game at the time. But – I mean, we've seen this a couple of times, not to that degree from Antonio, just being, you know, kind of a diva in that sense and that he wants the ball, which all competitive players do, especially through receiver position. But uh, that was the most highlighted outburst I've seen from him. Um, I don't think too much of it. I just think that, again, it's just Antonio kind of, you know, being the diva that he is from time to time. And I think it's not anything that's going to hold the team back or, or become a controversy. Mike Tomlin said it best. But A.B.'s got to be a professional. Um, as far as the talk of Ben Roethlisberger declining, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that at all. I mean, you know, the guy, well, we're 3-1, first of all, as a team. Um, offensively, you know, we, we, we definitely haven't played to our potential. But, you know, Big Ben's still on pace for 4,024 yards or 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And he started off slow, granted. However, Three of those games have been on the road. We know how prolific the Steelers' offense is at home. Uh, you know, we played Minnesota's defense. We played at Chicago, where their defense plays much better at home. And so we've had a tough start to the season schedule-wise. And, you know, I, I think that any talk of any decline is, is kind of ridiculous. I mean, they have still playing good football, and he could have had some monster games. I mean, Train saw it himself when, uh, you know, Martavis falls in that bomb on the first play of the game in Chicago was probably a whole different discussion altogether. And we could easily be four and four and oh. So um, I don't buy into the decline. I don't see it on watching him play whatsoever. And yeah, maybe he's just being a little diva. Um, hopefully we don't hear from that. We don't we don't catch that again from him this season. So I'm sure Tomlin kind of went down on him went in on him since that little outburst. So now that you've gotten the uh, the four one one, Dr. Train, anything you'd like to add to that? Um, other than I don't know, I really don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> I mean, this is what twenty six to nine. I mean, yeah, yep. AB got mad. So what he got mad on mad? one play. <laughs> he got mad on one play. They like, get, we ran the ball. You didn't get the ball. Times. You need a pacifier. You need a hug. You need a cookie. To chill his ass down, man. Hey, my only advice to, to Antonio Brown: you take a playbook out of Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald's. Uh, 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 you know, take some take some notes off them, man. It's, it's, yeah, they, I mean, it's a lot of win. It's ridiculous. It's like, come on, dude. So let me <laughs> let me throw my I'm gonna throw my two cents in on on Antonio Brown. Then I'm gonna have uh, Key take it away on this. My thing is, and we just talked about it with with trends. It happens once; it's an occurrence. It continues to happen. You see a trend. We saw this from him, was it last year, videotaping the, his uh, 
Coach Tomlin after a big win. Now we're seeing this pop up. I mean, you, you just beat the Ravens, uh, your rival, 26-9. You got a victory. But people are talking more about your antics on the sidelines than they are talking about the victory itself. How much of a leash is there going to be if this continues to, to come up where he's either upset, doesn't get his way, or does some type of foolery behind the scenes? When's it going to be enough for the Steelers to say, you know what, we need to sit you down because you're, you're taken away from the spotlight that should be on the team and not on yourself. So, Tia, what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, I, I think this is the balancing act of you have a superstar, arguably the best wide receiver in the game, but this is getting a bit old now. You know, and, and if this was Dez, he could be all over him. You know, um, I, you know, I'm assuming Tomlin had a talk with him, but it's becoming old. And I think it, it's, it's time for him to grow up and just stop. It really is. You know, I get it. Then missed the pass. You know, it's going to happen again. You know, how many times, you know, let's talk about how many drops you have. You know what I mean? And I don't see Ben throwing Kool-Aid and Gatorade and cussing you out because <laughs> you drop passes. You know, it's just, it's not fair. You know, you, 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 you know, they, they, I just saw um, a thing on Marty Schottenheimer last night because uh, the uh, Monday Night Countdown, if you guys just watching, but Monday Night Countdown had technical difficulties. So they did this thing on Marty Schottenheimer, and uh, it's kind of sad. Um, he's got, um, he's got Alzheimer's, one of them. You know, Alzheimer's and dementia. I can't remember which one, but, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it affects his memory. And, but one of the things he talked about as a coach is one play, you know, and when that play's over, you move on, you forget about it, you're on to the next play now, that play's done, you know, and, you know, Tomlin's a smart coach, they've got good coaches in Pittsburgh, I'm sure that he's heard this before, okay, it sucks that Ben missed you, and Ben missed you, how are you helping anything, throwing a damn Gatorade bottle and bitching about it? And, and then talking about we practice this, we practice this. Okay, that's your two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback. Okay, Hall of Fame quarterback. Slow your roll. Know your role. Slow your role. Show some respect. It, it needs to stop. He's a great talent, and I would take him in a second. But just these distractions type things, it needs to stop. It just it needs to stop. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from, too. Um, at some point, you don't want to take away from the team. It's always about the team first, and it needs to stay about the team. He's a bad boy on the field, no doubt about it. He can he can stop with the big dogs, but knowing that you're that good brings about a certain sense of responsibility and also brings about the, the, the cameras being on you and watching every single thing you do. And to have that kind of an outburst, and not have it be the first time that we've seen something questionable from him, yeah, it, it, it's getting kind of old. And, and, and by the way, T, it's, it's uh, Alzheimer's for, uh, for Schottenheimer, but it's, it's progressing slowly, so hopefully he'll uh, continue to uh, get better as best he can because I, I like the guy. I always respect him as a coach. Uh, all right, let's move on. Because and by the way, you know what's really frustrating? Just real quick, you know what's really frustrating about this? Is it creates a whole new it creates a whole new and it's so unfair to Ben it creates a whole new discussion point it's oh is Ben on the decline why because AB showed him up 
And so we're now we're all talking about that one play where he missed him on a touchdown. Like, come on. Yep. Like, it's just yep. – I mean, Big Ben is a guy, a Hall of Fame quarterback for sure. And he's already talked about potentially retiring this past offseason. Like, what are you trying to do? It wasn't even smart. Okay, it wasn't smart. The fact that Big Ben talked about retiring is part of the reason people are asking if he's on a decline. Because the question is, did he realize it? Did he start to feel like, you know, he, he doesn't have the same tools he used to have and thus he was ready to retire? So that is part of the reason. But I agree with you. If he misses one pass, you know, get over it. We're in number five now, and, and it's still is a three and one. And a lot of it yeah, has and to we do just with the biggest win at Baltimore. And we had them. Yeah, they, they, they just went on the road. So that's why I never addressed that side of the equation on Big Ben and his decline. It was more about, in my opinion, Big Ben and his statements about Antonio Brown with, with the outburst that he had. I really don't see it myself. It's, it's one of those things we need to watch a little more carefully. But you're three and one. You're sitting on top of your division. You need to worry about the running game more so than anything else because. Le'Veon Bell doesn't look 100% like himself. They're only averaging 95 yards rushing per game. So he needs to get back on track. If you want to talk yeah, about somebody he, on the offense, talk about him. Yeah, Big Ben, or not Big Ben, Le'Veon had a slow start. He had a huge game at, at Baltimore, so I think we're going to get back on track. And, 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 yeah, I think it's the whole team. Martavis, Ben, Le'Veon, we haven't been the Steelers' offense that we expected, but I think that it'll continue to get better as the season goes on. And, and that's obviously going to be a division always to watch. Always fun to watch the Ravens and the Steelers go head-to-head. And even though the, the, the Bengals are kind of on the decline and, and the Browns are still trying to figure out themselves, it's always going to be about the Ravens and the Steelers until you hear otherwise. So that is one to watch. And speaking of what to watch, K-Star, fantasy football. Give hey, us your can I just jump in real quick? Hey, hey. Go ahead. Um, I'm, out, I'm out of gas, so – if you guys don't mind, I'm going to let y'all run with the baton and finish out the show without me. Thank you, JB, for uh, stepping in and, and hosting, and thank you guys for showing up. I know, you know, family and jobs and stuff is, you know, sometimes challenging. I appreciate it. Um, I just I feel like hot garbage right now. So I, I did I stayed on as long as I could, but Commissioner T needs to go get some sleep. So, um, yeah, enjoy like the it. rest of the show. Yeah, I'm I'm done. Um, I will catch the uh, <laughs> I will catch the last part of the show on our podcast. So uh, again, thank you, and you guys have a great rest of the show. All right, T. Good work, my brother. Show D. Make sure you thank catch you. the rest of Bisky time, bro. Bisky time. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> Sunday night, I'll be there with bells on. All right, All right, gentlemen. All right, later. Later, later, T. All right, so. And trust me, we're not going to be on much longer because I'm not too far behind him to feeling like, well, he's a hot garbage, and if he's that, then I'm just a big old bowl of crap. So I will give you mm-hmm. probably another 15, 20. We'll try and knock out a few things best we can, and then we'll sign off and let the listeners listen in at, a, at a later date. So far, we've had a really good productive show, so I want to finish strong. And that's, that's why I want to get to this, finally get to this fantasy football segment that I know K-Star is chomping at the bit for, and I'm actually interested in hearing what he has to say, especially with Richard Sherman talking about uh, the fans don't care about the football players, they only care about their fantasy football teams. And K-Star, I'm just going to open it up to you, because like I said originally, you you have hands down, you're better than me at fantasy football, you know the ins and outs, so I'm going to open up the floor to you 
give us your expertise, and then and then train. I want you to jump in after. Let's talk about this real quick. Um. Well, I mean, in this case, it's more a question about fantasy football player entity or lack thereof, you know, for some players and their vested interest. I don't know that – I don't think that Richard Sherman is necessarily wrong, but I do think he's generalizing a bit much. I think he might be looking at Twitter as his source for that. I'm sure the tw- – I mean, as we all know, the trolls are much louder than – Sadly, the fans are these days on such a platform like Twitter. Um, so I think it might be a little misguided. But, I mean, he, he is right, though, too, that there are tons of people who watch the NFL now who are only fantasy football-driven and consumed, which, don't get me wrong, I, I'm a huge fantasy football guy. Always have been, always will be. It's a great game. Um, it's the game within the game. But, you know, these players, the way they in which they are – treated by the fans because of fantasy football performance or disappointment is appalling. You know, it's it's pretty gross when you see some of the stuff people say to players if they don't have a great game. Um, and so I think that those, of course, obviously the players see that, and it's probably pretty disgusting to them as it is to any decent human being who reads that crap. Um, and basically what you have happen is you have people who who are so consumed by it and that have literally no account of, don't want to take accountability for themselves for making that play or starting that player. That's so much easier to do just to blame someone else. And so they're doing that here with players don't perform at to their level of expectation. Um, you know, but at the same time, fantasy football has added a lot of fans to the game that wouldn't otherwise care about some of those horrible matchups, you know, that maybe the Browns versus the Bills or a game like that where now there's interest in that. And so you have to be kind of careful because the NFL has had a problem recently, apparently in driving fans away one way or another. So um, I don't think he's wrong, but I, you know, I think that it's a slippery slope as well. And that there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things, a lot, there's a lot of factors that are going into that and you can't really fix it. And so it's almost like, well, why are we talking about it then? I mean, He's a, this is this is human behavior, unfortunately, in 2017. Dr. Train, your thoughts? I don't too much disagree with anything K-Star said, man. It's just unfortunate the nature of human beings. Uh, not so much that it's because of fantasy football. It's just the nature of people, man. It's selfish. Yep. They really only think about themselves uh, from, their, from their perspective. I know for me... Um, I will agree that, yeah, it's definitely a very general statement. You, you should not say fans in general. You, you, you need to, you know, you need to say some fans because there are people that are true fans of the game. I don't like to see, you know, even though I know injuries make opportunities for players, for hidden gems, for people, you know, you didn't think were, were, were great and they're trying to be superstars, that is just a part to go down with injury because, you know, sometimes it's a really good player that's performing well. Sometimes it's a, you know, as a fan of the of the, of the team, it's just like, man, we finally got this guy. He's finally healthy, and he goes down with an injury. I mean, that's how I watch it. You know, when when I get when I get a fantasy player hurt for when I'm playing fantasy football and the player get hurt, I just look at it as, hey, I just go get another player. It's like dang, but you'll never see me. And then there there are still millions of us where you won't see us hopping on Twitter 
chewing out anybody for having a bad game or for getting injured. So no doubt his statement does hold for some fans uh, a vast, a very vast amount simply because there are a ton of people that watch the NFL. Um, but yeah, I am in, I am all for players just you know having a health and being able to just you know play well and because this is their career we're talking about. All right, and, and I'm I'm in that camp also because it's it's not only that injuries do happen and we understand that it's not even about injuries. You don't have to go that far. It's about folks not playing well, and we get that folks are going to struggle. You're not going to have folks playing at the top of the game 24/7/365. It's just impossible. They're going to have bad games. If that's the nature of the game. But it just seems to me that things have gotten so much worse when you introduce having to, to make payments. On, on these games, and, and, and now you're, you're looking yeah. at leagues where, yeah. okay, it's $30, $40 a person. Back when everything was free, didn't really hear a whole lot. But then again, maybe Twitter wasn't out there, so maybe that's why we didn't hear a whole lot. But it seems like the more money is out there floating around to win, the more angst there is for folks to get on Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat or whatever um, mode of media they want to go by and just land base folks. And it's like – what are you thinking? And, and if you're going to do all of that, why hide behind your Twitter account? Folks so easily can just put out 140 characters, hit the send button, and then think nothing of it. You know what? This is football. And it's a league where contracts aren't guaranteed. It's not like baseball where you can make just an enormous amount of money guaranteed and, and think up the joint. Same with basketball. These are guys that don't have guaranteed contracts, and they're giving it their all for a sport based on the three is the most physical of those three major sports. So to get out there and start ranting about folks on Twitter, having a bad game and all this and all that, just they, they need to stop. And, and I agree, too. Sherman shouldn't generalize the fans. He needs to say just certain fans that he sees on Twitter. Identify it that way. You don't want to paint it with a broad brush because now you're going to potentially take some people off that are actually in your camp to begin with. So if he were to – directed a little bit more fine-tunely, if you will, then I'd be 100% in his camp. He, he, he definitely has a, a legitimate point, and, and I would definitely um, be in his camp with what he has to say about that. So it sounds like we're all in agreement from that perspective. There's one other thing, that, like you, you said, uh, in regards to their contract, and I don't know what it would take, but I am in agreement with Sherman when he says this. Their money, all their money should be guaranteed every single dime. And I know we'll we'll probably say looking in, well, that's how teams will get locked into players. I don't care. Make make better decisions as far as who you sign the long term deal. But their money should be fully guaranteed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I they have the most physical dependent point and the NFL makes bank. It makes a ridiculous yeah. amount of money. I mean selling anything with a team logo on it, people are buying it. So dude, give them their money. Give them that guaranteed money. You won't be losing any. Uh, well, that's the 32 reasons why that will never happen, and the 32 reasons are all 32 owners of the NFL. So as much as I agree with you, I can't see that happening because when, when you have $100 billion and, and you've got to give away $5 billion of it, they don't look at it. I still got $95 billion. They look at it. I had to give up $5 billion. So you'll you'll never see that. And not to mention, this goes even a step. You look at the collective bargaining agreement, you look at the Players Association and, and the NFL and how much 
hatred there is between the two sides. You look at the basketball and, and the nice, easygoing relationship they have. You look at baseball, and, and baseball at one point was very uh, contradictive, but that seems to have mellowed out quite a bit. It's still football where anytime either side speaks up, we're going to court. And, and that, that trickles down all the way to the players and the salaries because the, the players have to agree on it and, and get as much as they can because they know they only have a certain lifetime or, or, or football lifespan to earn that money. And the owners know that. They know that they have to go out there and produce or they're going to get cut. So the owners aren't going to give up that power to them just to hand it over. If they're going to give up a little bit, they know they're going to try and gain a lot back in return. And to guarantee a contract, that's one of those things. It's almost like the, the Ten Commandments. It's, you're not going to cross that bridge. No way. As much as I agree with your train, I don't see that happening. It, it, it definitely needs it. And I, and I know it. I know it won't. But man, real talk, it just it just needs to happen. You're making more money than in the NFL. The players are taking more more physical abuse than than any other sport. And then there's a possibility of of life being difficult after football. Seriously, right? And, 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 and you don't want to drop. So like I don't I don't give a damn about. Playing it being 18 and a half, they have to drop in the bucket compared to what you're bringing in. Right. Compared to what the team is making. Make the right decision oh, and put the right player on the field. It's just, it's just little stuff like that. Just, just let money control every decision and it's peanuts compared to what you're actually getting. Exactly. Uh, K-Star, anything that you want to add into that? I don't want to leave you hanging out there. No, I think you guys pretty much covered that pretty well. I agree with everything I said. All right. And I'm sure speaking with, for Commissioner T, probably agrees the same thing. So let's wrap this up real quick. I uh, was going to do power rankings, but only received uh, Dr. Strain, and I had mine. And because I feel like crap and I'm starting to go downhill, my head about to explode, we'll just save that for next week, um, especially since we see what the Bears can do with the fish can head for that one plug in there for you, Dr. Strain. So let's hold off on power ranking for next week. <laughs> let's let's end this off with what we saw last night with the Chiefs coming from behind, beating the Redskins, and they're the only undefeated team out there. We, we talked about Cowboys and Patriots two and two. We talked about the Lions being three and one, the Rams being three and one, even though they they were three and one last year. You saw what happened. It was a four and zero. Somewhat of a surprise, but maybe not so much. So, maybe the question, are the Chiefs for real? Chase Star, take it away. Yeah, I think they're – I think they are. Um, the reason why is we've seen a Alex Smith step his game up quite a bit, and he's – so it's interesting, right? That's what competition does to certain people, uh, certain elite athletes. Um you know, Alex Smith has been a really quality player throughout his career, but the biggest knock on him was he wasn't aggressive enough. You know, he didn't throw enough downfield. Well, this year you're seeing him take more shots than really he's ever had. And the reason why I think it's pretty obvious is because Patrick Mahomes, the first-round pick, is sitting right behind him. He doesn't want him to take his job. And because of that, because of, of what, how that caused Alex Smith to take his game to another level, I think it – allows the Chiefs to play at another level, which we've seen so far through four games. Um, 
you know, we obviously are well aware of what Kareem Hunt can do is four games in uh, his rookie season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He's been an absolute beast, uh, really good in the passing game, as well as just super efficient and tough to bring down in the ground game. And we've seen the maturation of Tyreek Hill and, of course, Travis Kelsey. So their offense is now playing at a really high level. Their defense is playing really well, too. They're one of the few teams that I've seen that are really successful and just rushing like three or four defenders of the quarterback, especially three three defenders and dropping everyone back in coverage would still generate pressure. Like that is just insane. I mean, they beat Tom Brady doing that, you know, bothering him enough times. And, um, you know, Justin Houston's a beast. Marcus Peters is very good, though he gave a couple touchdowns last night. Um, and so their defense is playing really well. They're a really balanced team, and that's what you need. You need an offense that can absolutely, you know, blow a game open and be aggressive and, you know, put you in a game script to where you're, uh, have a good lead and let their defense just take off and rush the quarterback. They now have that capacity, it seems. Um, the only thing that I, I worry about with them is just the effect of losing Eric Berry if it's going to come back to bite them later on in the season uh, against better offensive scoring teams. But so far, so good. So yeah, you you hit on a lot of points that I was thinking too. And when you said balanced, my eyes got big because that's that's the one thing that I do see from this team is balanced. They have weapons that he can throw to. He seems light on his feet, even lighter than last year. And, and let's make no mistake about it. He was playing well last year, too. It just seems like, and maybe it's Mahomes is pushing him, but it seems like he's got just a little extra oomph with what he's doing. And I'll give you a couple examples. When uh, or I saw him play last night's game, that throw that he had down the field to uh, to uh, Kels, the tight end, He's made that throw quite a few times this year already, and he's getting the ball down the field, the field oh, yeah. more often and with more fervor than I've seen in the past. Even even as early as last year, I didn't see him getting the ball down the field like this. I also think that some of the play calling by, I don't know if it's Andy Reid or, or uh, I don't know who the uh, offensive coordinator is, if, if it's not Andy Reid, also called the plays. I think some of the play calling needs to be uh, commended too because – they're trying different things to get the ball into the hands of playmakers like like uh, Tyreek Hill, like Kels, like the the, the running back. But they're, they're spreading the wealth around on offense, and then and, and I agree with you, K Style, with 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 Barry being out. I think they're making up for it in the short term. My fear is in the long term when you start to have more of those divisional games and, and the the rivalry is there and they know the team well that. That's going to come up huge because Barry's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. And not having him back there may create a liability down the road. So I definitely agree with you. I think the fact that, that Alex Smith is playing to another level is really what's going to catapult him, as long as he can keep it up. And that offensive line has to stay intact, too. We're seeing now more so than ever the trenches are really getting folks over the hump. You see it with the Cowboys. You see it with the Raiders. If the Chiefs can, can keep him upright, open up holes for punch, offensively, I think they'll be all set. It's going to be when they get into those divisional games, that's when I think rubber's going to meet the road. So, Dr. Train, give us your thoughts on it, and uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't disagreed with anything you guys have said. Um, the biggest thing would definitely be Alex Smith's play. You can, I don't, all the other pieces, great, wonderful. It still comes down to Alex Smith's play. We've seen them with it. We've seen the defense play lights out before. We've seen them have a superstar running back in Jamal Charles. 
we've seen them have good targets to throw to. It should really come down to Alex Smith. You know, a, a it could be it, it, to me. It's a come. You call it a combination of things. It's another year in the offense. It's Patrick Mahomes hot on his heels. I mean, he responded way better than Mike Glenn. I mean, off the charts better than Mike Glenn. We draft yes, a quarterback in Mike Glenn and just forget this. Just uh, like, well, I can still play like garbage. I'm sorry, I digress. But you know, I, I think it comes down to that. To me, they've been here before, though. They've been four and zero. They've been five and zero. They've been nine and zero. They've been ten and zero. At the end of the day, I'm not going to say reg- regular season is going to matter that they get that they make it to the playoffs, kind of get that home field advantage, you know, set themselves up well. That's where regular season matters. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter for the simple fact that if you don't do this, thing, if you don't if you don't show out in postseason, you haven't shown us anything because we've seen you play well in regular season. We've seen you get to the postseason. We're waiting to see you go deep in the postseason. It's like it's like watching basketball season, knowing that okay, all right, when we're gonna get to the playoffs, let's go Cleveland Warriors. We, we we've been waiting on this. We done bought it a long time ago. So it's just like come on, it's like Chiefs. We we good. Right, we understand Chiefs. Y'all got it. Four and five and zero, whatever. Uh, thirteen and three in the season, home field advantage. Okay, playoff time. Where you at? That's all, that's what it's gonna come down to. Yep. No, I I agree with that, and that's why I said these these divisional games, especially with with uh, Derek Carr being out two to six weeks with the the fracture in the back. Uh, that that's gonna be huge. You've got the Broncos; they're three and one, playing well. Obviously, defense they they haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher or. 100 yards combined, and they played against some 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 backs like like Zeke, like Marshawn Lynch. I mean, they they have been able to stop folks cold. So you've got the Raiders to deal with in that division. You've got obviously the Broncos to deal with in that division. The poor Chargers, they can't even have a home game at home because they don't have anybody to support them. So just put them to the side. So the divisional games are really going to make or break it. So they're off to a good start. Can they maintain it? We'll see. We'll see. So I definitely want to say I appreciate all of you and, and, and definitely appreciate Commissioner Chief for letting me come in and uh, get on the ones and twos, get on the six, if you will, and, and uh, run this day. Hopefully I didn't disappoint anybody, but definitely want to give folks on here a big uh, round of applause. So. so with that being said, since we finished with uh, with with you, Doctor Train, uh, I'd like to uh, start off by ending it off. So, Doctor Train, any last thoughts before we sign off for the night tonight? Bitsky time. <laughs> man, you chopping at the bit. You're the only person I know that probably can't wait for the weekend to be over so he can see his mayor on Monday night. <laughs> Sorry, man. Bitsky time. That's all I got, man. Beautiful. Hey, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. The future's now, so uh, as, as T.O. would say, get your popcorn ready. So I'll be watching. I don't know if I have the keen eye that you have, but I'll be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> hey, Star, I'm glad that you had time with your daughter. Trust me, as, as a father with a daughter, I know that time is precious. I ain't mad at you. So I'll let you uh, give us your final thoughts for the night tonight. Yeah, um, hopefully.
hopefully my Steelers can get through this week without any other dumb controversy two weeks in a row. We've somehow been having some type of controversy one way or another. Hopefully we can uh, move on to four and one. We play it. We play at home finally. I feel like we've been on the road for pretty much the entire season so far. We're looking forward to uh, Steelers playing well at home. And for for all you fantasy football players out there, I know this is obvious, but if you play daily fantasy sports, um, do not be scared of playing Antonio Brown and spending that for him this week. This is a squeaky wheel situation. AB's mad. We're going to feed him. We're at home. Uh, Big bench of a nice game. And I know Jaguars defense is really good, but Steelers offense, I think it, it really takes off this week, big time. So, invest in Steelers, everybody. And who are the Steelers playing this week again? Remind me, is it uh, Jacksonville? Uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. And they have a good defense, but I think it's it's just one of those setups where it, a couple of things will happen. One, I, I think that Bortles is going to be pretty turnover prone. I think that Steelers are going to see some short fields. So they'll get more possessions than usual, and I just think that they're going to click, and they play so much better at home anyway. So I think that's a really good opportunity for them to get back on track. Well, I, I can agree with that. We never seem to know what we're going to get from Jacksonville, and I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm not about yep. to jump on that bandwagon anytime soon. I have learned my lesson, so I will keep my lesson <laughs> together. So, uh, yeah, we will definitely be watching the Steelers play, and, and we'll see if they can uh, – get over that hump and stay at, uh, on the winning ways and go to 4-1. and one. So it should be should be an interesting game, uh, to say the least. You never know what's going to happen. That's why we uh, watch these games for the intrigue and, and the, uh, the interplay that we see. So definitely looking forward to that. I'm going to mute y'all real quick because I want to end the segment off with just a little something to, to talk about. Kind of on a sad note here, the passing of, of – uh, uh, of Tom Petty uh, yesterday, great musician. Uh, hearts and prayers go out to his family. Obviously, everything that happened in Las Vegas, hearts and prayers are out there with you as well on this unspeakable act. Um, I really don't know what else to say or how else to say it other than just to kind of piggyback off of what my brother Commish T was saying, and that's basically our hearts, thoughts, and prayers are out with there with you with all the the family that's been affected out in Vegas and. And know that uh, we'll be keeping you in our thoughts and prayers moving forward. Football perspective, just keep watching. Keep watching and keep, keep bringing the heat, y'all. Keep yourselves entertained. It's going to be week five. We're already quarter through. Enjoy every game like it's your last because the season goes by just far too fast. So for Commish T, run of the weather, for K-Star, the man that knows how to play man like nobody else, but not to train the man that hits the books like nobody else. This is your host, JB, the voice of reason. As this team would say, all fields are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>